Hello, everybody. Welcome back after our brief vacation hiatus to cool stuff Jimmy gets from Mexico. Um, I took Christmas off. I took New Year's off. And then all those New Year's projects after the New Year, I'm going to call the plumber. Uh, It's been gangbusters wild ever since. I... uh, uh, I'm back to plumbing on a uh, not killing myself uh, schedule, as I say. But uh, what I found is, you know, I've done it for so long. I did, what, 11 years. Um, Took about two off. So it's been 13 years since I started. And uh, as a result, it's just friends and family. You know, a good network of people that call. So I got... uh, Known individuals, friends of mine, people I've I've worked with, I know them, their families, in in dire straits, man. Hey, I'm having an emergency. Thank God you're back. Or this was an issue that we were having. We'd like to get it solved. And everyone says, whenever you get a chance, I know you're you're not trying to you know while out whenever. You, but you know, I always say, as one person, you don't need to cast a huge net. You know, I got uh, um, a handful of, uh, of people, and that just keeps me busy as one dude. So. It's been wild. I've been working like crazy, which is great. Um, definitely uh, need the uh, capitalization for our next trip to Mexico, which is going to happen. Uh, working, you know, my back harder than I than I want to be, but I got some help. I'm leaning on them, and uh, they do a good job for me. So, uh, so far, so good. Uh, but in the meantime, I've had, you know, plenty of time just uh Get some get some feedback, have some conversations uh, regarding Mexico, my trips there. And um, the one thing that's top of mind for me today is uh, American-born Mexicans. Now, I've said before, you know, I've referred to myself as Mexican, the adjective, not Mexican, the noun. Um, I am an American of Mexican descent. I go to Mexico. I'm not a Mexican. That's clear to me. It's clear to everybody who comes in contact with me. You know, I'm not not received or, 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 or treated as a Mexican. Uh, top, of, top of mind to everybody. Talking to me is like, look, this guy's an American, as an MRF or American. Um, he speaks some Spanish, kind of looks like us, and that's great. But there's no question. So today we're, we can look at the reverse. There are, there is in existence, which don't get a lot of discussion, uh, a very large population of Americans in Mexico living as Mexican nationals. What do I mean by that? 50 years ago, the United States was uh, in, in finishing, uh, was, was leaving Vietnam. And if anybody listening is old enough to, to have seen, possibly remember, or anyone has seen the images of U.S. helicopters leaving Saigon and people holding their babies up to the, these helicopters. Take my baby. Take my child. That, that primal human instinct to save your, spare your child by, you know, give, give this. Take my child. And you consider the psychologies behind that and all those things. There are... Of course, families in Mexico that have that same desperation, they suffer um, 
extreme poverty. They, uh, or they, or they have more access to more information and realize, you know, the potential benefits of having a child born in the United States, not to live, you know, uh, among, among our political discussions years ago, uh, the term anchor baby was, uh, was being thrown around a lot. And what that is, is, oh, you know, these migrants are going to come here. They're going to, they're going to have an American baby. They're going to come here pregnant and have a baby. And now we can't deport them. And they're going to, that's, that's their anchor. That's an anchor baby. Well, you know, that's true in some cases. That's not saying that that doesn't happen. There's also a huge population that doesn't get discussed that, uh, I plan to have, uh, a child in the United States as an American with no intention of me staying there with no intention of me raising this child there. Kind of like a plan B, if you will. It's, I want better for my child. I don't need to, you know, hold them up to a helicopter to go away with strangers, but I'm going to make a move, you know, to, 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 to calculate a, uh, uh, an opportunity to give birth to my child in the United States. And then we're going to come back to Mexico. Why? Because I don't know anybody in the United States. I don't speak English. My family's not there. I don't have a work visa. I'm not interested in becoming an American. You know, I like Mexico. But I do recognize that perhaps in the future, when my child is of age, they may have more opportunities available to them in the United States. As, you know, was 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 common knowledge or common practice or or assumptions I should bet I should best say common assumptions common assumptions let's say 20 years ago so while this practice is still done today like I said doesn't get a whole lot you know there I read some articles about uh Chinese and Russian they call it birth tourism they have entire industries of of plush hotels and and private hospitals and doctors that uh, uh, will give birth to your child, you know, look, I'm, I just give a service. It's, uh, it's not covered by insurance, so it's uh, cash payments, you know, it's uh, out-of-pocket payments, you know, you're, you're here. I'm in the business of birthing babies. I don't care, you know, where the, it's not my job to, to, to refuse service if you're not, uh, if you appear foreign as a, as a patient, is what basically these, these tour, tour, birth tourism industries are about, and interestingly enough, not illegal. If you're here legally on, say, a tourist visa, yep, just happen to be pregnant. Oops, had my baby. Have a little baby Americano. So, all right, well, I'm going home now. And let's see what happens in 20 years. 18, when this child, you know, becomes an adult. What's the, what's the, uh, what's the outlook going to be? What is it going to, what's the economic situation going to be in my home country, or that of the United States. Now, as I say, common assumptions, because the assumption has always been, well, you know, the United States is doing so much better, uh, especially 20 years ago. 20 years ago, the Mexican economy, you know, was really struggling, and the United States is doing so much better, and everyone has the stories from 20 years ago of, oh, my cousin went there, he works, he makes so much money, he sends so much money back, and but what has changed, as I'm sure everyone can feel, Every, every American, I sure I can, as I'm coming back to the plumbing business, Rip Van Winkle over here, Rip Van Winkle, I, I'm sticker shocked by the cost of PVC, by the cost of, of brass, of copper. I'm like, oh, jeez, man, 
You know, it's just, it's, 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 it's amazing. And the biggest thing, a lot of people think, oh, precious, precious metals or or allies. That's what's going to, copper and brass. No, it's PVC. It's plastics. Uh, Plastics are most expensive, have jumped the highest. Why? Because it's a petroleum-based product. The production is petroleum-based. So given all these oil price, you know, uh, uh, disruptions, insecurities, whatever you want to call it, uh, the process of making plastics has gotten so expensive that PVC is outrageous. Fittings that used to be 20 bucks are $50 now. I'm like, are you 53 bucks for this one fitting? And it's a large fitting that you need to take the wastewater out of the house. And you can't do it without it. So you need, you, there's no other option. You must buy this piece, 53 bucks. I'm like, oh man, dang, just Two years ago, the thing was 20-something. Anyway, safety glasses. Safety glasses. One pair, you used to buy safety glasses, they used to sell them in packs of 10 for like 12 bucks. Like 10 of those little throwaway, you get them, at, uh, if you're a plant worker, know any plant workers, those little little, little plastic M3, 3M, excuse me, uh, you, you slide them on, you know, toss them away at the end of your shift, whatever, they're a dime a dozen, literally. Those things are $10. Ten bucks is the cheapest set of safe plastic safety glasses I could see in Home Depot. I'm like, are you crazy? Anyways, the point I'm making is that due to economic shifts and changes, which we all are living currently, there is a lot of assumptions in Mexico that, oh, I can go to the United States and make a lot of money. Dude, if you know how to come to the United States and make a whole lot of money, please tell me, says we over here. Because basically, we're spending everything we make due to inflation, cost of living, everything. You know, the, the, the uh, to, uh, college debt crisis is only spurred on because it wouldn't be a crisis if kids were graduating college, getting paid, you know, money to pay their debt and live and thrive. Like, you know, was the plan. There's been plenty of discussion about that, you know, previously. And, you know, I, I grew up, I was part of the generation, oh, you got to go to college, you know. I'm from the generation where you needed to go to college and you need to get it uh, so you can get a good job. Right? That's what we were all told. Luckily, I kind of, as I say, forced gump my way into plumbing, which seems to be working out all right. It's good when I, when I need it, hard on the body. I got to, I got to, I got to, that's what I'm doing this Mexican thing, man. I got to make this thing happen because plumbing is hard on the body. I can't do it. Big car accident. Some of you know me personally had in 2003. You know, as I always say, when I was, that was, I was 23 when that happened. When I was 33, I was fine. I'm 43. I'm feeling it and it hurts. But anyways, I digress. My point being is that I'm from the generation where, yeah, that was the contract. You go to college, you you incur this this massive debt. You know, college kids are poor. Back when I was young, that's what everybody said. Not college kids are stunting on social media, is what I see now. But I'm from the generation where you be poor in college. You know, you, the whole thing was grunge. Grunge was dirty looking, poor. You know, flannel tattered clothes. You know, that was a college quote unquote look. Steve Rios, I see you. Um, uh, that whole that whole vibe that whole that whole you know uh, uh, genre of, of of music that style, which I did get to experience that was fun, but kids went to college, got good jobs, they weren't able to pay it. That's not the, that's not that's not true anymore. Thus, the college tuition you know student debt crisis as we call it. Yeah, you incur this debt. Yeah, you get a job. Yeah, you come out, and there's nothing there. You're not you're not making the money. So the assumptions still in Mexico, and as Mexicans are, are starting to learn, 
is that those days where my cousin went over there, you know, uh, 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 and, and got a job doing whatever and made so much money and sent it home and do all that, 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 um, that, uh, narrative is, is, is no more. It's just not, unless you got some skilled knowledge, you know, if you're, you know, some, uh, some, 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 uh, some skilled, primarily trades, you know what I mean? But those menial jobs, waitress, wait staff, uh, uh, hotel workers, all those things that we, we, we stereotypically associate with, you know, uh, immigrant workers, uh, primarily, you know, Hispanic, uh, or I should say, you know, Latin American workers. Um, those are not high paying and those wages do not provide enough money to thrive. And as if you're undocumented, you don't have access to the uh, social services, uh, the safety nets. And so there is no, you know, bridge cards for those who know what that is. That's the, uh, the, uh, Medi- Medi- Medicare, Medi- uh, Medicaid, um, it's the, it's the kind of the welfare, uh, debit card here in Michigan, but, uh, you don't have access to those. Right. And God forbid you get sick or injured, you know, cause, oh geez, then you're, now you're really screwed. If you're an immigrant with no access to, uh, support information, knowledge of, of uh, social services, ability to navigate these things, to fill out forms, to go online and register. And, and you know, that's, that's a whole aspect, which is why there's been a movement of, of, uh, of birth tourism. Now, people think tourism, they think, oh, it's, you know, as they discuss in the articles I've read, you can Google them, uh, Russian birth tourism, talk all about it. These, you know, soup, they're, they're basically uh, agencies that uh, will put you up comfortably, will give you everything you need, and will take you when it's time for $10,000 a month. So mostly rich people in other countries be like, okay, yeah, I'll go have my kid in the United States. I'm rich in my country. Uh, we'll have them dual citizenship. We know we, because we have uh, resources, we know how to navigate our own country's uh, systems, uh, uh, immigration, uh, every, uh, uh, national, whatever they have to do to get their children dual citizenship. And it just, uh, in the future, you know, in my 20 years from now, if my child, you know, has, uh, uh, the, the, the desire, the ability, uh, the, the wish they can go to the United States and do something as an American. Boom. It'll be easy for them to go back and forth because we're wealthy. We could send them to a private school. You know, we can do it's, it's, it's a rich people thing. Well, his, historically, typically a rich person thing. And just like everything, you have, you know, the, uh, you could fly uh, uh, ultra first class, and then there's a coach. The coach, uh, the coach version is, uh, you know, I have an American uh, visa, or I'm here at a border state, I'm going to go across pregnant, I'm just going to, you know, stay around, go have my child in, in a border town, you know, have an American baby, uh, or, or elsewhere, and head on back to, to Mexico. I'm speaking specifically of today. Um, Yeah, because I I don't have, look, right now, take take the the clothes on your back or pack a suitcase, go to any other country and start off new right now. You listening, go do that. You're saying, I can't, you're crazy, I can't do that. Well, ask yourself why not. Well, because I don't know the language, I don't know the culture, I don't know anybody there, I have no support network, I know, I don't, I can't even have a simple job because I can't understand Simple tasks to do, you know, everything, you know, I, I just can't do it. These people, the exact same. There's a huge population. I don't know how big. I'd say there's a million people. I don't know how many. There are a lot 
of now, 18, 20, 25, 30, you know, get currently five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten year old people. There's a population, there's a demographic in Mexico of American born people living as Mexican nationals. Now, what do I mean a Mexican national? Meaning, you know, not the American, oh, I'm Mexican, yeah, oh, I'm German, I'm German Irish, I'm, you know, Italian. No, no. A Mexican national, people from Mexico are Mexican nationals. They're nationals, they're from that country, right? So there are. Mexicans in Mexico, for all intents and purposes, they're, 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 uh, but they were born in the United States. They have an American birth certificate. You know, they can go to an American consulate, you know, they can confirm that and they can get an American passport. But look, if you're from, you know, the, the communities that I frequent, or even a, just even a border town, what are you going to do with that? Okay, you're a young person. What, what are you going to, you, you've, you've, uh, you might not be from privilege. You might not have a higher education. You might not be fluent in English. You're like, okay, so I got this American passport. I got this American birth certificate because my mom had me over there, uh, 20 years ago. I'm 20 years old. I'm looking to do something, but I can't, uh, what am I going to do in the United States? Go over there as a 20 year old by myself. I don't have no family over there. I don't have no support. What am I gonna? I'm gonna get a job and what? Get a get an apartment. What job am I gonna get an apartment? What job's gonna pay enough for me to apartment to get to pay for an apartment anywhere? Oh, I need a roommate. Oh, I don't know anybody. I gotta go over there find someone online on, with a stranger. What? I, I don't have no friends from high school. I I have no life in the United States. What am I gonna do with this American passport right now? And the answer is nothing. For many, I'll say young people of which I'll speak of today, and you can't do nothing with it. And what really sucks is when you when you have limited resources in Mexico, where you've been living, where you were raised, you're like, yeah, they told me this story. Apparently, I was born in the United States. Yeah, no one asked me, but there I was, born in the United States. Yeah, I'm an American on paper. Don't speak Sp- don't speak English. You know, I never never went to school over there. Never did nothing. Went a couple times or what, you know whatever when I was younger. But you know, now I I don't even have the paperwork to get a Mexican job. I'm an illegal immigrant in Mexico. What the heck? nobody asked me. Now I don't have I don't have the ability to 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 access the Mexican uh, social security safety nets, you know taxes r- payroll. They're like what you're you're an American. I as an American go, doing what I do, you know I'm an, an, an I'm an exporter when I'm in Mexico, right? I can't go to Soriana to uh, uh, or any company and say hey. Uh, I want to work for you. People say, "Oh, you can get a job in Mexico." Yeah, as you gotta, you gotta, you gotta qualify. You gotta get a work visa. Mexico won't just let you show up and go to work. They have these nomadic visas and things like that, you know. But that's uh, the nomadic visa is I work for a different company. I work for an American company. All right, and but I can a nomadic visa. They're new. Check them out. Uh, if you're working, especially if you're working remote, you, you have to. You can stay up to two years. But you must prove you're working for an American company or an other, you know, yeah, American company, another a company, not a Mexican company, and that you're receiving income. So you know your 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 salary stretches. You know they you make local investments, you spend money. It's good for their local economy. So they're offering that this nomadic visa, electronic nomad, I think they call it something like that. Uh, you're a you're a on, but a lot of those are going away as 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 uh, Americans are going back to the office, you know things like that. But anyways, uh, that's that's something happening now. But dude, 
I can't just show up and say, yeah, I want to work for your company. Larger companies, yeah, they can do my paperwork. Hey, we want you, Jimmy Rios, and all your 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 skill set you got, you know, your 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 charm and handsome good looks. We want that here, you know, whatever. They can't just and you know, they can they can do that, but I otherwise it's difficult for me to just get a job. And it'd be, it'd be the same challenges as any undocumented worker here in the United States, regardless of country of origin. It's like, dude, how are you going to get a paycheck? How are you going to pay your taxes? What how's your employer going to do that? Your employer got to pay you cash? Oh man, as an employer, do you know how what a pain in the butt it is to try to just get cash all the time? Nobody uses cash. You're like, I got to have how much money to pay this person this week? Oh, in cash? Oh man, I got to make a deposit. I got to withdraw. I got to do something to create a tax liability. I got to, you know, it's just not feasible. So my point being, which I don't really see, I'm a big news hound. I, I consume way too much headline and, and news and discussion and everything else, you know, than just to have a normal life, I guess. I don't know. Outlook, per, you know, um, brain activity. I just consider too many things. But anyways, my point being is that uh, I don't see a lot of discussion, matter of fact, any at all, about entire population of Mexicans, American-born Mexicans, with nothing to do in Mexico. So what they can do is there is a huge... Um, when you're at the border, there's an early morning rush. It starts at about 5 a.m. And there are all these people, there are bus lines that go, and all these people cross the border to work in border town, pick one, in boutiques, malls, nail salons, you know, all, small business, small business USA, you know, wait, wait staff, Pizza Hut, you know, McDonald's, it, it, everything, all kinds of people. If you ever go to, the, to, to McDonald's at the border, everybody's speaking Spanish, everybody's Mexican, everybody, you're like, one might ask, how are all these people authorized to work in the United States? They're Americans. They're Americans. They have a, a social security card, a, a blue passport, an American birth certificate. Parents thought it was a great idea. Look, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to take my kid. We're going to be born in the United States. And every morning there's a huge labor workforce at Border Town, USA that comes in from Mexico, do these jobs, menial jobs, whatever you want to call them, entry-level jobs, entry-level positions, you know, minimum wage earners, whatever, you know, whatever they may be, you know, get their paycheck and then they go home to their families, to their life, to their culture, to everything they know, everything they were raised with, everything. And it's like Detroit and Canada, Windsor. We we don't we we don't really see many times in my experience of being you know a southeastern Michigan native. When I lived in Canada for thirteen months, I'm like, this is a different place, man. You, I was doing business in Canada for thirteen months, and you see a huge difference in the way they do things, the Canadian mindset, the businesses, employees. The employees' psyche, the, the Canadian psyche as it comes to work and everything else, it's just their laws, how that affects people's view on what well, I was paying. Well, this was a long time ago, mind you, and I was paying kids 10 bucks an hour to, to distribute flyers. 10 bucks an hour just to hand out flyers to the bar. Um, side note, if you know me personally, I did some business in Canada when I was younger. Anyways, so I had kids handing out flyers 10 bucks an hour, which wasn't bad back then. You know, and but their position, these kids were like, pack of cigarettes cost 10 bucks. 
So when I'm a working hour, I could buy a pack of cigarettes. I was like, your pack of cigarettes cost 10 bucks? Because back in my day, back in my day, a pack of cigarettes was like five bucks. And I was like, 10 bucks? And yeah, because it's socialized medicine. So there's all these taxes on everything that's unhealthy for you. So it's literally 10 bucks for a pack of cigarettes. So my point being, these small little cultural changes that you don't really consider, but it totally changes you know, the, 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 the perspectives of the people living and working there of, in that country. You know, and a lot of times we as Americans think of stuff as, like, well, why can't they just blah, blah, blah? Oh, that's a very American uh, way to think about it. Well, you'd think they would just blah, blah. Yeah, that, that's a very American perspective. But, hey, man, different, different, different strokes for different folks. Every culture, every country has their thing, right? Has their things. And that's what makes them different and rich and unique and beautiful. And I'm a big fan. But the reality is there are vast cultural psychological differences you know, I'll just speak of Mexico. In, between Mexico, where I go, and the United States, what I'm used to. You know, and that and it raises, it has its difficulties, uh, it, it creates its barriers, uh, which you know I can overcome. Luckily, I've had, you know, like I said, Forrest just through no through no conscious. I always say Forrest Gump my way. It's a, it's a term I use often. I forget where I learned it, where I heard that. I want to say Julia Roberts in a movie said that. Something about Forrest Gump your way. And I heard it said and I was like, ha, I get it. You just kind of wander and things kind of happen around you. So never did I make any conscious effort to like, oh, I'm going to learn these things so I can do business in Mexico. In, in, in indigenous rural, you know, I can just wander and find and buy. and per- I could do, I just kind of learned, pick those things up along the way through my experience as a student, as a tourist, as a, as a visitor, you know, over so many years of just, oh, I would, I had this opportunity as an exchange student when I was in high school, after high school, I mean, and I stayed another year and then I just went back and forth and visit and, and every time you learn something and it just, oh, just kind of you know, picked it up and, you know, you make observations and you take in some information and then you draw from those experiences later. So I've just kind of, it's kind of happened, I always say. I forced gump my way into this. Never with any type of, you know, a purpose of, I'm going to go with the purpose to learn how to do these things. You know, doctor's like, oh, your back's going, but you got to do figure something out. I was like, well, you know, I know, I know how to get around to Mexico. Maybe I should do that. I know there's some cool stuff down there I could bring. People might be interested. And lo and behold, look, it works great. Anyways, my point being, vast cultural differences. Not everybody's trying to just be here. So, but what happens is, in getting back to our American-born, uh, uh, American-born individuals living as Mexican nationals in Mexico, Mexicans. American-born, you know, Mexicans, I can, I can say, it's, it's, it's difficult for that entire population. Yeah, I can cross the border, go to the United States, I can get a job, I can bring it back. Because I'm at the border in Mexico, things are a little more expensive. You know, life is a little more expensive at the border in Mexico than in central Mexico, where I was in Zacatecas, where I'm in, in Jalisco. There are huge, I mean, if I, if... You know, a, a torta, uh, um, some tacos, you know, there. If I get way more expensive when you're at the border, when you're at Ciudad Juarez, when you're at uh, Nuevo Laredo, you know, when you're any, pick any town, any town, you know, things are going to be slightly more expensive. So you get these, this workforce of American born, you know, uh, people living in Mexico as Mexicans, we're going to American born. Mexican nationals, I could say, for the sake of this this discussion, coming across daily, making and they're just in the rat race like all of us are. 
It's like, yeah, I make, I make, uh, I make ten bucks. I go home. I, life costs ten bucks. I do it again tomorrow. And that's where a lot, the vast majority of of us Americans find ourselves, especially these days. Especially, I mean, I'm, I'm reading, I'm seeing the memes about uh, the the eggs, all the jokes about the price of eggs right now. Right, life's expensive. Or let's let's do this. Let's use you know, uh, I don't know, um, personal life. Discover. Oh yeah, I, I was. My parents uh, dropped a bombshell on me today and said, uh, t- turns out I was born in country X. Yeah, things are going all right over there. And uh, if I wanted, I can I can go over there to live and work and be. People are like, well, why don't you? You're like, what am I going to do? How am I going to do that? I don't, I don't have any contacts there. I have no life over there. I have no family. I have nobody Nobody take me in, nobody to... to, to uh, 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 to 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 or or uh any type of uh, access to any type of orientation of how to get around you know how to how to apply for whatever no knowledge of of what 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 type of programs of uh, assistance exists for people like me you know it's an impossibility and that's exactly where now uh, a, a growing population of people given realities in Mexico 20 years ago you know, there was a huge flux. I, I don't even know the statistics. I would imagine it's it, more then than there is now. You know, or maybe it's a steady number. I don't know. As I'm as I'm pondering, as I'm thinking about it for the first time, really, as I'm as I'm as I'm talking here, you know, things haven't really gotten much better. Well, I, there is a growing middle class in Mexico, yeah. So I guess that would probably mean that less people would be, you know, uh, m- more inclined out of desperation to go. You know, have their kid go through because it's not easy. Have, try to have a, a an American born child and then come back to, to the United States or come back to Mexico. I would imagine that type of thing fluctuates with the Mexican economy and 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 and, and opportunities that are available. You know, and one thing I'll point out is that you know, contrary to a, a lot of American beliefs, not everyone in Mexico wants to be here. You know, I hear it's thrown around. Oh, everybody wants if we they don't come here because everybody wants to be here. It's not true. Not true. I mean, dude. They're, they're, why, why, why would I, why would anybody want to leave everything they know to go somewhere else? You know, that many times as they understand is, is hostile to them. So, you know, different subject for a different time, but you know, I can definitely dedicate a podcast to that as far as, you know, why, why is it? Trust me, not every Mexican wants to come, you know, here to the United States. They're, they're just fine where they're at. On a brief note, well, they're asking me if I'm, my Mexican friends are, you know, blown away that I'm sending my kids to American school. They're saying, aren't you afraid they're going to get shot? I'm like, what? Anyways, I digress. My point being is the grass ain't always greener, guys. You know, we need to, if, you ever, if we ever take a, an honest inventory of our, what we got going on here and then take a look what that looks like elsewhere, you know, people are wondering, what, you know, why anybody wants to come here, quite honestly, in certain circles. But anyways, my point being is uh, I had a discussion regarding this population that is underreported on i haven't you don't see much about it but there is i wonder how big it is i'll probably have to do some searching if there is any type of information on that but i know it exists i've always known it exists but i i've i've rarely see anything out of it and i figured i'd talk about it because it is an interesting aspect that you'll see as it as it what that leads to then you know a, a huge you know daily border crossing american population you know, that live as Mexicans, you know, in Mexico, come daily, do work at, at uh, you know, uh, uh, the Travel Lodge Wyndham Hotel and, you know, get my paycheck and go, go, you know, across the, the, the bridge every day. 
You know, how many of us have a half hour, 40 minute commute? You know, well, especially in southeastern Michigan, driving, some people driving an hour every day. Oh man, then when the weather's bad, I remember one time plumbing, it took us two hours to get home from Troy. Anyways, but my point is that's, it's an interesting aspect that goes on, you know, in our country, at our borders. And uh, I don't see much about it, so I figured I'd talk about it here. Just one of those, those, uh, Things I come across interesting, like you look at at at, at uh, actions taken by people, you know, twenty years ago, and how what that later means. And interestingly enough, is sometimes you get you know in honest conversations with some of these kids, and I say kids because you know that's young people. Like man, nobody, this sucks. Nobody asked me. I'd rather be working with my friends in Mexico, at whatever, you know. But I I don't have. I think it's called an RFC, which is like our social security number. Uh, RFSC, something like that. But yeah, so I can't, so I gotta, I gotta work here. I don't have the paperwork to, to, to work in Mexico. So, you know, I gotta, this is, this is all I can do. Well, why don't you go? It's like, what? And leave my family with who? Who am I going to go with? You know, and I'm 20, I'm 30, I'm 40 years old. What, am I just going to leave, start new somewhere? Is that easy? Is that easy for anybody? No, it's not. It's, it's, so it's not all cracked up. It is to be, but interesting aspect of, uh, just just international life, which I which is, is an interest of mine. I mean, obviously it's why why I do what I do. But anyways, I thought I'd give that a, a, a little bit of a discussion, uh, a little shine a little spotlight on it for your consideration as just yet another aspect of, of things I encounter while doing business uh, in the United States, going back and forth, crossing borders, talking to people, um, meeting people, seeing getting to know their situations in depth, just having conversations like oh yeah yeah my my uh my uh my son's an american yeah but then we couldn't we uh just my son uh, my other kids they were born mexican yeah we weren't able to do it it was difficult you know it was difficult enough for him we weren't able to do it you know for the rest of our children it's 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 a lot of things i'm like oh i could definitely see how that how that happens you know so interesting aspect want to discuss it discuss it one of many topics that just occurred to me and we'll be talking about here on a podcast, Cool Stuff Jimmy Gets from Mexico. If you're not a member, join the group. I'll be heading down, hopefully, in the spring. We will see. Lots of moving parts, lots going on. In the meantime, I'll be a plumbing fool. Um, and so until next time, thanks for listening. Cheers. Cheers.